Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Christian Okeke, IT Manager at Healing Hands Healthcare. Hey, Christian. How's it going today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Uh, I'm excited to have you on the podcast here. Um, we're going to be starting out with our icebreaker segment. It's called Random Access Memories. I ask a question, and then you just respond with the answer that just pops in your head first, right? All righty, sir. Let's do it. So your first question is, has the blue screen of death become more or less evil over the years? Ooh, <laughs> I'm going to have to say less evil for sure, for sure. You know, now when I see it, I'm like, oh, maybe we just need a bit locker key. <laughs> <We need to laughs> <not that bad. laughs> it's amazing. It used to be such a, uh, you know, such a terror, right? You'd be, you'd be working in it, the blue mm -hmm. screen. You'd be like, no. Um, oh, yeah, you were but, done uh, for. <laughs> you were done but for, it's, for it's sure. even become friendlier looking. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's almost like know, a sense of security now. Like, Hey, my data is secure. You know, maybe, maybe no one's hacking into my stuff. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> become better. All right. Um, here's another one. Uh, computer pop-ups are sometimes annoying, but what's one that actually you're happy to receive? Oh, well, it depends on who it's from, but sometimes I'm happy to receive a pop-up for like an outlook email. Like, I'm like, hmm, maybe, you know, maybe I got a good email where it's the boss saying, hey, you know, where where are you at on this? Where are you at on that? But Wait, sometimes that, it's like at least in the middle, you know. It's in it's the middle. Like the, I was going to say the boss. I don't know about the boss going, where are you <laughs> on this? It's a happy one to receive. I don't know. Either they're like, hey, good job. Or they're like, hey, you know, there you we go. need this ASAP. <laughs> and well, and it could be that you'd be like, yeah, and I already got it done. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's always a good thing. I'm way so. ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like 50, 50 there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right. Here's the last one. If you could see a diagram of any system or network, what would it be and why? Could be anyone. Could be anyone's diet. Any, any company. Yeah, any, any diagram. Yeah. Oh man, man. I don't know. I always wondered like Microsoft, like, do they actually diagram how they advise to diagram like what does their you know hierarchy look like as far as their admin like who has permissions to do what like is it just like a crazy you know tree of people and there's just someone at the top and like they give the permissions to the people below and then vice versa it just keeps going down or like how does the permissions work <laughs> so i have I, I let's be careful how i say this but i have actually had the privilege of seeing some Microsoft documentation, right? Oh yeah. That's and awesome. while I can't, you know, say what it was about, all that type of stuff, what I can say is that the documentation was beautiful. I mean, it oh, was yeah. like, you know, they paid somebody to create this documentation yeah. and it was internal yeah. documentation that mm -hmm. they released, uh, uh, you know, to imagine. let us be able to see something. And yeah. it, it was, it was the most remarkable <laughs> I think you're definitely ever. <laughs> like the, Microsoft gets like a marketing department to, yeah. you know, what someone they create their all of their uh, um, documentation. They like mm -hmm. put, they must push it to a marketing department to clean it up because oh it my. was, it, it was just, it looked it, unreal. It was yeah. outstanding and it was thorough and it had everything you wanted in it and yeah. it was easy to digest i was so surprised oh uh, i thought i would be getting something that would you know uh, you know yeah. be all over the place but no no and it was I, spot I went, on there you go there you got your answer it yeah. is it is they document 
like pretty awesome would, uh, like yeah, could, like you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, like you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been learning that as you know, as I grow in the IT world, documentation is not everything, but it's a big part of it for sure. It's sure. a tough thing. So documentation is best looked at as a journey and not really a, a destination of somewhere to get to yeah. because it is just uh it's constantly a thing you need to do. It, mm-hmm. It's a process that you need to build into uh, the same processes that you would have updating something or, uh, or or changing something. Every project should have a section that has a documentation piece to it because otherwise you're not going to keep it up to date. You know, that should sure. be part of that. It should be part of that project, mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion. But it, it, documentation is, is something that always people always struggle with, mainly because. Yes. It's like no no time for it. It always seems like mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's like, because- who's ever gonna look at this documentation? But then when someone's like finally like, hey, wh- how do you do this? You're like, oh. And then you'd have to try to say what's in your head when if you just had the documentation for it, you could just be like, here, this is why I do it this way. <laughs> it and and you um and re- remarkably when you do get start getting your documentation rolling mm-hmm. and someone asks for that and you just go here and move on. It is actually such so much of a time saver, and I've had. Um, oh yeah, I, I've done some. I've done some documentation uh, in the past. I've created all a bunch of documentation, and I've had people ask me, "What about this?" And in executives, and I've just passed the documentation over yes. to them, and they're like, oh, "Okay, good," and they moved on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So it, exactly. It is, yeah, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Documentation mm-hmm. doesn't come come up a lot uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast. I'm actually glad you brought it up because. It's it's such a big deal. Um, yes, I'm noticing in the higher roles, some of the, you know, growing into that, I've had someone that's, you know, kind of been mentoring me on it a lot saying, hey, this is something that's actually really important because me, sometimes when you're just moving so fast, like, you know what you're doing. So you expect other people to know that you know what you're doing, but you have to have like some backup to it, you know, can't just take you for your word on that. At Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, we expect to win and we expect our IT directors to win. And one of those areas where we know that we can help you win is internet service providers. As an IT director tasked with managing internet connectivity, few vendor relationships can prove more painfully frustrating than the one with your internet service provider. The array of challenges seems never ending from unreliable uptime and insufficient bandwidth to poor customer service and hidden fees. It's like getting stuck in in rush hour traffic, dealing with ISPs can try one's patience even on the best of days. So whether you are managing one location or a hundred locations, our back office support team and vendor partners are the best in the industry. And the best part about this is none of this will ever cost you a dime due to the partnership and the sponsors that we have behind the scenes at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Let us show you how we can manage away the mediocrity and hit it out of the park. We start by mapping all of the available fiber routes and we use our 1.2 billion in combined customer buying power in massive economy of scale to map all of your locations, to overcome construction fees, to use industry historical data, to encourage providers to compete for the lowest possible pricing, to negotiate the lowest rates guaranteed, and to provide fast response times in hours, not days. And we leverage aggregators and wholesale relationships to ensure 
you get the best possible pricing available in the marketplace. And on top of all of this, you get proactive network monitoring and proactive alerts so that you're not left calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND to enter in a ticket number and wonder, why is my internet connection down? In short, we are the partner that you have always wanted who understands your needs, your frustrations, and knows what you need without you having to ask. So we're still human, but we are some of the best and we aim to win. This all starts with a value discovery call where we find out what you have, why you have it, and what's on your roadmap. All you need to do is email internet at popularit.net and say, I want help managing all of my internet garbage. Please make my life easier and we'll get right on it for you. Have a wonderful day. Well, and, and true. And, um, and on top of that, you, you know, you have different types of documentation, right? Because you have documentation that, you know, maybe you're going to be internal procedures that aren't going to be as polished, but mm. they just need to be a text file with just a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, you know, this is how you do it. This thing, yeah. here you go yeah. and save it. Um, and then maybe you have to have, uh, you know, some end user documentation, right? And that needs to be a little more polished, right? Oh, Otherwise, yes. <laughs> then that could be able to follow it. Correctly. That has to be a little bit more user friendly, so to speak. Correct. Yeah. More agreed. detailed. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Executive documentation. That's a whole different story, yeah, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. Have you done a, 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 um, documentation? You've had the fun privilege of doing documentation for executives yet? No, I haven't. We just kind of got on the start because we've kind of cleaned up our systems, implemented, you know, Microsoft 365. So we're kind of at the point where we do need the documentation if we want to continue to, um, you know, expand in the IT as we, we grow and kind of progress. We need to have documentation. So as we progress, the people that follow us can know what to do, basically. So. All right, so let's give you some some fun little pointers on this, right? Yeah, let's do it. So you're going to create a documentation for executives, right? You start yeah, off nice. and just create your documentation. Then yeah. you look at it and you go, okay, how can I create, of all this documentation I just created, how can I half it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then you work on taking, you know, what? let's say you created 10 slides, you're going to make them five slides, right? Then mm. you turn around and you go, all right. How can I half this? Half the host, because right? they don't want to read all that. that down, <laughs> right? And ideally, if you can get it down to one, uh, one page, <laughs> yeah. that's what the that's what they want to see. Um, okay. No, but I mean, it, it, what ends up having, you know, uh, yeah, the issue with executives is that you know they don't have a lot of time. Mm -hmm, you know, they mm -hmm. don't have a lot of time to look and digest stuff, so they want to know the most important things up front, one hundred percent. So. You honestly, yeah. uh, what I've done is I've actually just gotten rid of cover pages and mm -hmm, I have just mm -hmm. the page that says what it the is, data yeah. and then put the back back of the data is just resources if they wanted to double check it. Yeah. And yeah. and it's been pretty successful uh, in, in that regard. Mm -hmm. But that's some good you know, advice. Well, there's, sure, also another, sure. there's also another trick to it. The other trick yeah. is um, keep in mind when you're going to be uh, creating documentation for anybody, right? Um, mm -hmm. You have to understand what that documentation is trying to convey and make sure that that story is told correct. Mm -hmm. Right. And yes. so that's a, that's a tough one too, especially with executives because they're, they're going to be looking for what is this? Uh, what am I supposed to be looking at? What do I need to do? What's the, yeah. what's the decision I need to make? And now mm -hmm. I can move on to move uh, answer the next thing that I need to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's a little that's bit. That's a of good a, point. 
Yeah, because right now we have one, and I just did one, um, and it was for um, compliance and like Microsoft 365, like the secure score and stuff. So I did that. But to your point, I made it like it's like eight pages, but it's like, what will someone really read on that? And to your point, what is the point? What am I trying to show them? Just that we're compliant? Am I trying to show what our score is? You know, what's that going to mean to them? So those types of things are definitely helpful for sure. Yeah. I, you know, you got that down right exactly because, you know, that, by the way, Microsoft Secure Score, uh, um, such an interesting score, right? Because yeah, where it, do they get that from? <laughs> That's what I always <laughs> wonder. What are they measuring against? <laughs> it's just, and and actually, they have um, they have a setting on there where you can change it to be the by the different industries, right? So, oh yes, you guys yeah, are, exactly. Mm-hmm. You guys are healthcare, right? So yeah. healthcare would be a different industry yeah, uh, HIPAA, because HIPAA rules. They, oh yeah, you should change that to healthcare, and all of a sudden your secure score is going to be like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, which one am I going to put it on for this report? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but no, it's a good it's a good point too. Is um, you know, and uh, and by the way, getting a hundred on a secure score isn't really a a thing either. So that's the other <laughs> yeah. thing you're going to put. You're going to put a secure score and be like, yeah, this is the 65 secure score I got. They're going to be like, it's about what we have right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing how I pulled that out of my head. Right. right? (laughs) (laughs) So, but, but then you're like, wait a second. No, 65 isn't, isn't failing. Right. You know, cause it's, you got to match it against the, uh, against industry standards and how, you know, how many people you have, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a good question you just asked prior to it, though, which is, well, what are we, what am I trying to say to this executive? Yeah, right? yeah, well, yeah. You know, you, 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 who, who asked the question, what did they ask for? Did they just mm-hmm. ask for the secure score? Did they ask, yeah. or did they ask if you were compliant? Did they ask, how are we doing on security? And why did they ask that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I see. Because so if they're not even, maybe there's something else that, you know, maybe they're not even asking for it and then it's completely irrelevant right? for starters. And then maybe they, maybe they do want to see, they probably want to see where we're compliant, but they want to see it in a simple sense and maybe some easy improvement actions that we can do. I would say something, something along those lines, you know? Yeah. And so, and that's a good point because now you have a, um, what you have here is an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's like, uh, you know, you're a, uh, I, I saw on your, on your LinkedIn, you're a soccer volunteer, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, coach my and, kids uh, and whatnot. It's great. <laughs> I, I love it though. That's actually pretty awesome. If I, uh, if I had had, you know, I had, uh, I have two kids and I have gone, uh, you know, I've gone to when they were younger, a, a ton of different stuff. Right. Oh yeah. They, they didn't do soccer, but gymnastics and everything, and everything else that you could possibly yeah. think of. Um, but uh, um, I'm going to get back to the opportunity thing in a minute here. But mm-hmm. but with soccer, um, you have an opportunity to score a goal, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you can you, you can always see it. Like it opens up. Uh, now I say this, but I've only ever scored one goal in soccer ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it was I was super little. I was just, I was in elementary school and I was horrible at soccer mm. and they kicked the ball and it went straight into my face. Uh, it scored off that. <laughs> but it scored, right? Hey, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm a little kid and I've got like a, you know, a 
you know, a ball and smash mm-hmm. me in the, in the, in the, right in the face. And I'm, you know, sitting there going, ah, and uh, yeah. they're like, no, you scored. I'm like, I, I don't <laughs> like this game. I don't care. Yeah. I'm done. I'm, go- I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving now. I'm going home. <laughs> never played, never played again after that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, so, but you do have that opportunity. It may smack you in the face every once in a while, but you do have mm-hmm. that opportunity to, to be able to go uh, score a goal. And in this case, the goal is to improve your security posture, right? So Mm -hmm. they're, what they're asking you is, are we secure? Right. And your answer, you know, should be kind of, it's like, your answer should be, we will be when you give me what I need to make us secure. Right. I mean, I like you like that kind of, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of with your help. No, that makes sense. Like show them, show them it in a way that you can like, not not increase your workload but like you can bring value through your workload like hey we're not exactly where we want to be yet but this is what we can do to get there basically here's how you that definitely makes sense here's how you can help the company get where it needs to go uh here's what we've done that's correct and here's where we're going you know Mm -hmm. and that's a Mm -hmm. that's a remarkable way in which to uh in which to help them out like i i yeah that's cool. I, I think That's awesome. he's got a great opportunity sitting in front of you mm-hmm. here. Uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You got to look at those things and get and go. Oh, here's here's what we're gonna do. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, always kind of with. Um, uh, you know, it's funny because it, sometimes I talk to people who've had uh, um, long running tenures in IT, mm-hmm. um, and and other times uh, I do not I, I have shorter tenures. And it's always an interesting, fun little thing because you get the some people that have have been through it all, and they're kind yes, of weathered. Been through it all, yeah. <laughs> and but then I get excited to talk to the talk to folks that are you know uh, that are like in it and have yeah. uh, um, you know like they're they're up and coming, you know, mm-hmm. and Figuring they haven't been out. in long enough to to get weathered, <laughs> right? Yes, but yeah, they're, yeah. But you can tell that they're dri- driven and stuff like like yourself, and you're like you know, hey. I I want to jump in. I want to learn this stuff, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that's what really drives me on this stuff. Is just yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. makes that's kind of why I wanted to talk. You know, that's why when I saw your podcast, even I was like, oh, this sounds great. Like, just the chance to talk about it, you know, bounce ideas off. Because I feel like, especially talking to people who have more experience than me, it just benefits so much because they're going to bring us perspective that you didn't even think about like someone who um, was recently he came in as my mentor you know over me and he brought so much experience kind of like you're saying he was like you don't have any documentation i'm like no like what do you mean like documentation what is this documentation and it just started from there and then he's kind of helped me grow through that and then um, implementing a ticket system as well we didn't really have one of those so he's been like right when he got here he's like we need that i was like why would we need that we need like metrics and, you know, we need to know what our issues are. So we've had to kind of talk through that and just see like these things really do help if you kind of can just understand it from, you know, someone that has been there, done that in a way. And it's amazing. I, um, you have two bachelors, right? No, um, I only or is have that wrong? One. That must be, I, I, <laughs> I was going for computer science then I realized I am not a coder. You know, it was, you know, I, I, let me just tell you, it's actually very funny. Yeah. You can correct that later. The, um, but, um, yeah. let me, let me tell you, uh, a fun little story. I went in for computer, uh, science as well. Right. Mm. And I got in, uh, and I, and I did, I took some classes for computer science 
and I started taking uh, engineering calculus one and I was like, and I, I, I got a, I got a B. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. But I, I walked out right out of that class after I was done and I went in over to the college of business and I signed up for management information systems. And the reason why I did is I asked them how many more classes of calculus do I need? And they're like, what'd you take calc one engineering calc one. They're like, Oh no, you're done. You're good. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So (laughs) I made it to calculus three. And then the turning point for me is like, um, I was in coding class or whatever. I think it was like the first or second coding class for C plus plus. And we had like an assignment and I copied like three lines of code from the internet and I got a zero on the assignment. So in turn, I got a 69.4% in the class. I said, Hey, professor, is there anything I can do, you know, to bump me up to 70, get me to pass? No, you know, it's a reflection of, of your knowledge base. So I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I was like, this is not for me. (laughs) That was it for me after that. You know, it's, um, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I understand <laughs> the change over to MIS, but oh, yeah. actually, um, MIS turned out to be exactly what I should have done and probably mm-hmm. along the same lines as you as well. Um, sure. uh, when I started, I went into healthcare IT. Oh yeah. And really? yeah. Awesome. And so you're, you're, you're mirroring a lot of what I did. I spent, um, uh, uh, you know, 16 years in healthcare IT. Uh, oh, wow, and yes. let me tell you that that was, uh, um, you know, some of the best experience I've ever gotten because mm-hmm. it sets you up for exactly how to do IT the right way. Uh, yes. HIPAA, mm-hmm. high tech, um, they will uh, lead you in the right direction for how to set mm-hmm. up. I, uh, I, I, T securely correctly every single time, you know, if you follow, yes. if you follow, uh, you know, the confidentiality, integrity, availability, and oh, yes. uh, make sure that you, uh, able to do that, man, I, that, that is the, that is the way in which yeah. mm-hmm. folks that start off in, in, uh, um, high, uh, um, you know, sen- highly sensitive stuff. So like, you know, folks in government jobs that have mm-hmm. to deal with, uh, confidential data, um, uh, folks in uh, uh, financial that have to mm-hmm. deal with uh, all the financial uh, and, and PCI data. Um, and then also healthcare is another big one. And I'm sure I'm yeah. missing a few um, out there because there are some other ones as well. Um, but those are the those are biggies that um, mm-hmm. always require more IT uh, and, and yes. more setup. Yeah, and it definitely, it, there's like two things to it. It really, like you said, helps you set it up right because you have to learn, like if you read the, you know, HIPAA privacy rule and whatnot, you have to learn how to be compliant in those things. So you have to learn all the ins and outs of the systems, like conditional access policies. I mean, MDM, mobile device management, MAM, mobile app management, which I didn't even know existed before I got into healthcare, you know? So that, those types of things really caught my attention when you're talking about being compliant you have to do those things and even you have to under, have an understanding of them to do them so i would say that's a big one um just you know knowing all the systems through and through i feel like is a big one as well i mean multi-factor authentication you just have to set up all your rules and policies basically to be you know highly highly sensitive data and to protect the organization so once you do that you're going to end up at the end of the day with 
fully built systems, not like systems that are kind of built or they're secure in this area, but not in that area, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, you said it right. You know, you have to build security into the system. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, otherwise you're, (laughs) you're going to run into problems later on down the road. Right. So I actually think you, you have the right mentality um, and you're doing it the correct way. You can tell that uh, MIS degree is paying off there. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, for sure. For sure. It is a, uh, it's an interesting, um, it's interesting because, so there, there are some things headed your way uh, that are going to be really be, um, uh, you know, really going to be uh, hard to deal with coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so being in healthcare, you know, you have the EPHI that you need to protect. So we that you know yes. that's your major source. That's a big of, one, right? And so mm-hmm. anytime anybody introduces a new project, right, could be from anything, especially from mm-hmm. uh, leadership. Leadership is. Executive leadership is coming to you saying we need to do this, right? Mm-hmm. It's your job mm-hmm. to 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 go. Hold on, I got to make sure it works with uh, works with it. Yes, we can, yes. but I need to find out how uh, we can secure it so that we can do it correctly for the company. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely into, been a yeah. We, mm-hmm, we've run into some of that, and that's something that um, again, growing through having a mentor and whatnot in that area has been big, like being the subject matter expert in that area you know because i feel like a lot of times you don't want to go to them and say hey we can't do this you know you just want to be like well if they want to do it we'll do it you know there has to be like a middle ground or a discussion about it at least for sure for sure i've learned that i think i think you're absolutely right on that um so if the answer um if the answer is not no Right. And the answer is not, yes, just do it. What is the answer? You know, what is that middle ground? Mm -hmm. I mean, for us, I feel like it is looking at it from, you know, really getting down to the nitty gritty and looking at the privacy rules and saying, okay, if we're not going to do this safeguard this way, what are we going to do in place of that? Or what are we going to do to make sure that, okay, you know, Say, for example, we don't want to have EPHI in this app. Well, how can we, you know, but the, you know, executive leadership says we do want it in this app. How can we then safeguard that app or safeguard the phone that that app is on in order to still remain compliant? So those are some of the, some of the ideas, you know, that we've kind of thrown around and dealt with. Yeah. It's a good point. I think the other thing to remember is, you, you know, to be able to, identify right where your ephi is sitting where your confidential data is sitting and then say okay this is the this is the data whether at rest or in transit uh that we need to secure um and not necessarily the entirety of everything we just need to secure this part and that may help in limiting down uh the um you know this the items and stuff like that i what i've seen is that can help reduce costs. That can also help uh, to find solutions in between, you know, uh, and then say, well, you know what? Right now we're sending data this way and it's kind of open. Maybe if we just change it to we, we're switch sending data here or we move how we access the data, that also can uh, change the way it works. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So what is your experience um, when 
you are, or, you know, if, if you're throwing around the idea of filling holes with policy, if that makes sense. So, for example, you could say, well, we might be at risk if EPHI is in this app. So we're going to put in our policy that the user is not allowed to install the app. So Things what you're like talking that. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about, so um, it's a compensating control, right? Yes. So, so essentially, um, you do as much as you can with, uh, you know, by putting guardrails around things. Mm-hmm. But policies are effective and can be effective. Now, keep in mind that when you put a policy in place that requires, uh, that um, relies on humans, right? There, you, there exists a risk of human error. Or oh, human yeah. disobedience, neglect, or human ignorance, <laughs> and all the above. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and, and there's a reason why most of the attacks ha- happen because uh, um, folks, uh, you know, it's it's humans that do it, not necessarily. You know, they can put up all the, uh, you know, all, all the software in the world to prevent everything, right? But you know, a human giving out a password on a phone, or uh, a, a human uh, responding to an email they thought was uh, um, legitimate. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that most of the time that's what causes the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So we, that's a risk and any, and, and when it comes to security, businesses have to make a business decision on whether or not they want to accept that risk or not. So I always kind of, I, what I always kind of do is kind of go here. It's the IT's job to identify all the risks and put them in front of the business and also um, uh, come up with ideas on how to mitigate those those risks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you say, here's the risk, here's how I think we should mitigate them, right? Yeah. And then it's the business's job to go, that's way too much money, that's way too much effort, right? And mm-hmm. then, then that's when the negotiation phase comes in. And that's yeah. when you say, okay, well, what I've done for you is I've prioritized these by the highest risk, you know, yes. uh, you know, and the highest yeah. impact. So uh, it might be that something's like super risky, but it mm-hmm. has a low impact if it happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can you can actually marry those two together, and you can actually add more into this as well. But you mm-hmm. can actually assign numbers uh, into yes, this yes, and create a formula to identify which ones are the high, you know, highest impact, highest uh, um, risk, uh, you know, and yeah. then and and then you can prioritize them by that. Mm-hmm. So. If you have something that is super risky and, uh, and if somebody ever got through that and actually had that risk, um, you know, that it would make a major impact to the company, a negative impact to the company, then you should mm-hmm. tackle that first, uh, uh, you know, over something that exactly. has a high risk, but is a low impact, right? Yeah, or yeah. a low risk, but a high impact. Still, mm-hmm. the high, high risk, high impact is at the top top of the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So organize those risks and mm-hmm. put them put them in order, and then say, okay, well, let's start off with these ones up here, and and let's start getting these out of the way, you know. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and let's prioritize these, and then these down here, um, you know, we can start to talk about making business decisions about what to do about them. I see. The way, so when you go in and um, kind of when you when you start doing that and start you know, formulating that and you say, hey, this is a risk. This is how I would mitigate it. How, and it, maybe it's kind of a subjective question, but how in depth will you go into your explanation on why you should do it or in depth on the problem? Like it could be as simple as, hey, I don't think we should use app XYZ. 
Or is it, I don't think we should use X app XYZ because of this, 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 and this. And I think we should do this, 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 and this, or it's like, I think we should fix the problem by implementing some Microsoft control, you know, like what, where's your middle ground kind of on that? So, um, if, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, it, Mm -hmm. it, you know, it sounds to me, it's more of a question of how do you get the business to understand the risk in terms of the business and, and then, yeah. Right. So for instance, it's not really up to the, you know, it's up to the business how much money they want to spend and mm-hmm. and how much effort they can throw at it, right? Mm-hmm. But really, it's up to IT on how to fix the problem, right? Yes. Given yes. the money and the resources, yes. right? Yes, I see. So, I see. So what you have to say is, um, here's what could happen if, the, if this risk were to uh, come about, mm-hmm. right? It, here's what the business impact would be. And then they go, oh, this is where your MIS training comes in, right? Because then yes. you, you know how to, you know all the different risks that the business has. Uh, yes, and, yes. And you've learned about them. So, mm-hmm. you, so you turn around and you go, oh man, uh, okay. So so the now the now the folks are, are sitting there going, okay, you're telling me that if this happens, we could, uh, you know, have a uh, a fine of this much amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, and mm-hmm. and or uh, risk our customer base being upset because we lost their personal de- lost exactly, their or yeah. risk, risk uh, um, getting our license pulled, or you know. So there's all these different things. So you got to know yeah. that. That's what the business impact could be, right? I see. Um, and that makes so you sense. relay that business impact over to them uh, uh, correctly, and mm-hmm. then then the answer is well, you know, okay, well, how do we fix it, and yeah. what's the cost, right? You know, how yeah. long is it going to take? who's you know how you know how much effort is it going to take and stuff like that yeah so and that's when you and that's when you go well great great now i know what the, you know we'll pop some yeah. list and some, we'll create a mitigation plan and i'll get you the cost estimates for that's it. cool that makes sense like you kind of just show them that and then say hey it's it'll cost this much do you want us to fix it and then yeah. if they say hey how are you fix it then okay we're going down the path we might need some more documentation etc cetera, etc cetera. So and, that, yeah, that's and it's okay helpful. by the way i'm yeah. glad you brought this up because it's okay to say Yes, let me get you the details on how exactly we're going to do that. So I'm going to go back and get better cost estimates and everything like that. But I wanted to give you a ballpark kind of figure. We think it's going to cost about this much. We think it's going to take about this long. Uh, But I can refine that for you now that uh, you've put your okay on that. Yeah, but that's going to be more effective. Even if you have potential projects you're thinking about working on, to just say what it's going to do for the business, how much it's going to cost, then to write up a three-page proposal on one subject and try to pitch it to them, basically. You yep. want them to more so figure out what, you know, what the business need is. They're going to analyze it. They're going to know what they want for the business more so than you will. You just have to kind of communicate that with them. Yeah, absolutely. And then from an um, IT perspective, I mean, that is the job, right? I mean, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you have to be going, um, I know that when you're at work, you're like, I really wish this was that's yeah. like this and i wish this i could do this, this and this and, yeah right and so so then though that's the time when you go okay i gotta write this down and i gotta mm-hmm. research this and figure out you know uh what this is and that's when you can turn around and go this is a problem but is it really a problem because i've seen mm-hmm. things where you think it's a bigger problem but then you when you go exactly. and analyze you go 
Yeah, it's just small, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're like, that's not, we don't, we're not going to do that right now. Like, we got other stuff to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Move on, carry on type deal. <laughs> There's so many things, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I love HIPAA. I know a lot of people are like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but HIPAA is a great, uh, you know, it provides a good cybersecurity framework. Oh, um, yeah, and there's sure. plenty out there, so plenty of cybersecurity frameworks out there and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, uh, HIPAA uh, just, you know, outlined everything so well of what it needed uh, at mm -hmm. the time. And so it was one, yeah. you know, and it's and it's been updated and stuff. So it's it's, you know, with oh, high yeah. tech and all that. Um, but and, I'm, and and I guarantee you it's going to be updated even more um, as we move into there was just, there was just some recent updates. There was just some recent updates from Microsoft on HIPAA. And I mean, like you said, it's a great, like, if anyone ever asked and said, Hey, I don't know what policies I should do, or, you know, what, what I should um, implement as far as conditional access, I would say, yeah, look at HIPAA rules. I mean, you can't go wrong. If anything, you're going to be overprotective um, in that sense. But I mean, you can always, and that's something that we've kind of, kind of dealt with is tightening down on some of the, you know, controls that are out there. Um, in order to be compliant with HIPAA, you know, and sometimes that can bring some, bring some tension in when you start saying, Hey, you know, we didn't do the authenticator app. Well, you know, why are we doing this authenticator app now? If we haven't had it, you know, for the past six months, stuff like that, for sure. So let me ask you a question based on that. Um, how have you navigated, uh, you know, implementing MFA and, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, getting the authenticator and, and, and yeah. working with, and users that might be hesitant, you know, mm -hmm. to to uh, um, to use these tools, and you know, because it's a little bit of a hindrance. But how how have you been communicating? I think through um, not through trial and error, but almost like if if we had something happen, like if we had an incident, we would take that incident and sort of expand it and provide visibility to it. So like if someone had an issue with Outlook where someone got into their email, we could expand it and say, hey, this is a this is something that's going on. This is why we need to implement MFA, for example. Um, or if someone logged in from outside of the country, you know, or something like that, we caught it, we flagged it, we presented that data and said, hey, this is something we saw is happening. This is why we need conditional access. This is why you might be blocked whenever you go to Mexico on vacation, you know, stuff like that. Love sure. that you do that. I love that you do that. It's such a great idea because it's actually providing real world examples um, mm -hmm. as to why you're implementing the things you're doing in kind of real time. That's such a great idea, um, uh, you know, to put that out there. Do you have a, a good system of communication out to the end users? Yes, yes, we do. Um, we communicate like through uh, email. So we'll, we'll send out like Outlook to all of our staff and Outlook email just saying, hey, this is something that happened. Um, we try to send it out like really quick afterwards. So it'll be like, this happened. Um, this is, you know, what you need to watch out for. This is the steps we took to resolve it. So it's definitely alerted some of our users. I know phishing's on the rise. You know, we all hear phishing and we're like, oh, but yeah, it's definitely on the rise and things like that. It gets your users into a mindset of, hey, you know, let me look at this email twice before I just click on something for sure. Did have, have um uh, uh have you guys implemented a um uh, like Teams? Oh yes, yes. Um, yeah, we have Teams as well. Um, various teams on there. So we'll post in. Uh, we have like a like a group that has all of our staff in it. So we'll post on there. Um, I would say 
definitely Teams has like been one of the greatest communication tools that we could have thought we'd never would have guessed. I mean, we have our ticketing system now through Teams. People can submit tickets just by typing create ticket, you know, in a in the Love chat. That. So it, it's been a tool yeah. that's I'm like, you can use it for files, you know, and again, it's all protected under um, under HIPAA. And there's actually BAA. I mean, you're probably familiar with all this. There's a BAA that you go into with Microsoft whenever you enter into an agreement with them. Yep. Um, I know that was a big deal. So just kind of having that cloud infrastructure, it has alleviated a lot of things that you would be dealing with if you had like on-premise stuff, you know, a lot of threats for sure. For our non-healthcare uh, um, folks, do you want to explain what business associate agreements are? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> business associate agreement is basically like, it's basically saying that you're, you're abiding by HIPAA standards. Um, so that means like all of your um, systems just kind of follow the safeguards. You have all the appropriate administrative safeguards, um, anything from, you know, user safeguards, anything from locking your computers away in a cabinet. Um, just all the rules and policies and procedures. It basically says that um, when I when I communicate with you, I can communicate freely and I don't have to do things like encrypt my emails to you and stuff like that. It's actually really, um, and this is pretty interesting because you'll always see uh, um, uh, uh, BAAs, uh, anyone that does business with healthcare or health healthcare that has to do business with anybody, right? Oh, They're yeah, always sure. running through legal department, getting cleared and and back to you, signature and all this type. Um, and uh, it's such a good idea it, to have this. And yet um, you jump out of healthcare and it's, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you have an NDA, uh, uh, you know, with some terms in it. Uh, it may, mm -hmm. You know, uh, or maybe you have a confidentiality confidentiality agreement hanging out there, but but you know they don't usually have these. Oh, um, yeah. But what you know, what's so standard about the uh, um, uh, uh, you know even being out of healthcare is creating third party vendor uh, um, policies. But yet yeah. the the business associate agreement gives you that method to mm -hmm. keep following up and keep renewing that agreement with the um with them. It's a great tool and it's one that I almost wish that uh um other uh um, other cybersecurity frameworks would adopt from oh, yes. the from HIPAA because it's such mm -hmm. it's a fantastic tool. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, it really protects you a lot. I mean, I've never been in the midst of a, you know, something going wrong in that aspect, but I wonder I'm I'm curious to how it would play out with someone that had a BAA versus someone that didn't, you know, if there was like a direct comparison, I know there's not, but like the potential savings or like, and or headache that it could save you. Well, there, you know, there's some interesting fun things because you can actually take, um, you know, you, if you're, if you've got a, um, a, a good team here that can put together some of some good BAA language, um, mm -hmm. You can actually uh, do things like cap the, uh, um, you know, cap the damages. Oh, uh, yes. yeah, you, you can, can pop a whole stuff. bunch of stuff in there based on yeah. what, you know, on what they're supposed to do and everything. Yeah. And um, you can and, say, and like, a, we're totally off the hook if anything happens, you know, and you can I put mean, it in the language to where it says that. It's now, crazy. I'm sure that that would not hold up. But yeah. um, having it, yeah. be, having it as a, uh, you know, is actually a, a pretty interesting uh, thought process and and would save you and give you something to argue about later on. 
So, um, and it might help a bit. So yeah, any little, any little thing, but yeah, there's some great ways to craft BAAs, um, to, uh, protect your business and also, you know, make sure that it's mutual as well. Uh, because otherwise you don't make it mutual that nobody's going to sign it. Right. So, but yeah, that's a whole other, you know, (laughs) I always, I always make, I always tell people that, um, collaboration with other departments, uh, um, uh, legal being one of them is such a great way to strengthen your IT, right? Because they're going to, ha- they're going to be like, Hey, take this BAA and make the language, uh, um, you know, air watertight, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's what I want. They're going to know what to say. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Rather than it's, us. He, forming great relationships with other departments, uh, is a core value that needs to be had with any IT department um, because mm-hmm. your strength as an IT department um, relies on so many different things that may not be just IT, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for instance, if you're going to um, buy new gear, being uh, friends with procurement or uh, sometimes it's mm-hmm. lumped, in, uh, lumped into uh, um, the accounting team or the, or, uh, you know, the AP team, uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, you, you have a uh, um that fi- whole finance team. I always tell people, you know, get with finance, get with marketing, get with uh um you know the uh, um legal team. Uh, yeah. I, I, the list could keep going. I could keep naming them, but know who runs each department. Um, get familiar with them, and uh, and also be there. Be these departments' uh, ability to. To also grow and and, and be there for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's uh, a big okay point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a big point. I think because that's something that I'm learning as I'm, uh, you know, growing in it. It's it's also it's not all about who you know, but it definitely who you know if you can build those relationships. And like you're saying, a lot of times what you would want to do will also help the department. But if you don't have that relationship with them, they're going to be like, mm, I don't know. It sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> but if you kind of build that relationship with them, they'll have they can have that, you know, trust with you where they might yeah. be like, OK, like, let's go. Act, let's go look into this a little bit more. You know, I think you're right about this or just things like that. For sure. You're absolutely that trust. Right. That trust is is paramount to you being able to get stuff done. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's a, it's a great a uh, great strategy just like any team right you're you know you have an IT team but the company's a team too right so you have to know uh you know when you have to you know kind of hand off the baton to somebody else to help uh, help you out uh mm. and you know for the sake of the company and yeah. it's a, it's a really really huge deal you know it's interesting it um you would you know you uh have a um uh um kind of an interesting uh spot because uh, you know, you're from an experience standpoint, you are, uh, coming in with a lot of, uh, uh I'm looking at some of your experience you have in here, right. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, a, uh, falls truck center. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and then a, uh, Texas department of family and protective services. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And then healing hands, healthcare. Yes, Oof, man, you've got, like yes. you've got like a whole sorts of different stuff already. Yeah. Uh, you've been mm-hmm. exposed to uh, in this, um, which which is great because that kind of adds to your arsenal of what you've been able to see already up front. Mm-hmm. So you you've been at Healing Hands for like two years now. 
Yes, yes, for sure. And and um, you know, what is by the way, two years uh patting yourself on the back, right? Because at uh healthcare, two years, um, I mean, I'm and I can already tell by talking to you that you got a lot more to go. Um oh yes, there's always things to do. <laughs> healthcare two years is like five years in another company, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's but, always more than you think you're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your your growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you first started at Healing Hands versus today, right? And I always kind of want to measure. I, we don't measure ourselves against other people. We measure ourselves against our previous selves, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want, if you want to do your measurement of your previous self and, and track your record here of uh, of starting here and, and working through and, and, and looking towards the future at healing hands and, and, and growing in, mm-hmm. in, in this organization. Um, what are the types of things that you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. now, uh, um, to, to get that information? Cause I mean, I, yeah. we're talking and you've already mentioned you're, you've got a mentor you're talking to, you're reaching out, actually yeah. coming out on the podcast, uh, right. Uh, to, yeah. to get mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, you know, it's great. So let's talk about how you're trying to do that. Yeah, I think um, like the first two years, it was a lot of technical learning and like self-study, you know, because I, when I got here, I really didn't know. I knew what Azure was, but I didn't know at the depth and the scale of Microsoft 365 and kind of how many branches it has. So having to learn all those branches um, and at least have an understanding of it because um, we had to set all of that up. Um, now I feel like I'm trying to transition more so into the management side of it. Um, cause I did start, you know, as the, um, IT, I was, I was over, you know, a couple people and then my mentor, he came in actually above me because of how fast we were expanding. So I've had to adjust and say, Hey, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there's another side beside just the technical side of things. Cause I know all the techie stuff, you know, when it comes to Azure and, you know, Microsoft and, you know, HIPAA, all that stuff I could figure out, but it's going into the manager side of, like you said, relationships, things like documentation, things that come with leadership, things like that, you know, a a ticketing system, you have to kind of, you know, move into a coordinating role. So I think things like that, seeing growing in those areas and like like even just talking on here the insight that you've given me is going to be greatly helpful and appreciated just being able to grow in areas that aren't hey if that makes sense it does make sense and it's actually good that you kind of uh um uh learn that it's actually pretty funny because as you as you kind of move into leadership right uh one of the things that folks have a hard time sometimes doing is let going, let it, letting go of the tech. Right. Yes, that's and you're like, but me. no, but that's what I came in to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. but unfortunately, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, uh, yeah. It's weird, but you, you, uh, you, you start up, you get real techie and you get into all these fun things and you're doing all this stuff and you're like, yeah, I got, I, I can do yeah. IT everywhere. And I know then, everything. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you, then you start to move into management and you're like, well, hold, hold on a second. I, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was so, but, yeah. but what you should feel, you should feel this uncomfortableness, right? Yeah. You should feel uncomfortable. And that, what that is, you got to learn to live in this uncomfortable feeling, right? 
mm. because that's growth. Yes, that's yes. Growth. Every time you're uncomfortable, mm. you're growing. All right. And uh, and so if you're comfortable, you're not growing. You're not mm. uh, getting better. You're not uh, improving yeah. yourself. You're like complacent. You feel uncomfortable. Uh, not a lot. Not, I'm not saying like you're going to be sitting on a couch with spikes or something, but, yeah. you, know, <laughs> but you just have to be like, I can't sure. really sit down yeah. right away. It's just not. It's, this isn't know. exactly fun. Like something, you know, it's kind of hard, but it's not terribly hard where you're like exactly. crying after work. But like you have to be in that sort of learning. You have to be learning something that's almost out of your comfort zone, you know? Yeah. Sure. And and if you can live in that, uh, um, you know, live outside your comfort zone. Um, yeah. Uh, not too much, but just enough not so that, much. you know, that you're, uh, you feel uncomfortable, yeah. but, but you can, you can ride the wave. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a middle ground that. that I've tried to find for sure. Like the, be out of your comfort zone, but don't go too far out of your comfort zone to where you don't really know where you're at. You know, like you're trying to do too much in a sense, like Absolutely. don't just try to conquer everything Stay in your zone, but also be uncomfortable and like learn from those around you. Yeah, I well, and you know, and the and the good thing is, is that um, you know you have a lot of tools at your disposal now. Uh, um, you know, AI is a a great way to ask questions and get some type of answers. It's not it's fallible. It won't yeah. tell you the uh, exact truth all the time. It'll make Glad stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it will help you kind of get somewhere. And help you start uh, start that, so you can ask it questions and and get a get a good you know healthy start um, and stuff. Um, so that's something that you know wasn't available uh, back in the day, like right? Two that's years available ago, now. Year ago, right? crazy, right? Completely available now to your disposal. So we take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Um, so oh, there's yeah. some things to help you along along the way. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and you and you're living in a great area of communication so um mm-hmm. you can always reach out uh to folks on uh you know sitting on all sorts of platforms and ask questions mm-hmm. and they'll answer yeah. them they'll answer yeah. them I and mean, it's just it's yeah. amazing how how much people want to you know give back and and and, and give that type of information communicate and whatnot yeah 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 help other people mm-hmm. so when when you so they you have an interesting perspective because uh you know being in a mode which I wish, I almost wish I could go back again and be in this mode because it's, yes. uh, <laughs> it's, there's so much, it's so exciting. There's so much to learn. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but you've got a lot headed your way, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, you know, that uh, um, is going to be hitting. And, and if I, if I had been an IT manager at the time in which now we had other challenges, but the, but mm-hmm. the challenges that are hitting, uh, right now are so, so hard. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, uh, AI, which could help you, but also can hurt you. Yes, right? for sure. For sure. You've got, um, you know, challenges with, um, uh, business, uh, economics and stuff right now, uh, you mm-hmm. know, which is just wildly, uh, um, all sorts of, all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the healthcare industry in itself, is um is a really really tough industry at the moment yes um, yes see and i i could keep going there's ton, tons of stuff what are you seeing out there um and what is your thought 
when you see these things and uh you know and and how you're going to conquer some of these things coming up yeah i think i'm seeing more so it's if if it can be systems are very hard to upgrade if you're not building on the latest i guess tech not technology out there but the latest systems and architecture out there like if you were to go into a business where their systems and their servers and their file you know servers were designed 10 years ago it is going to be tough for to get up to speed on that kind of stuff if you already have all these systems in place i i'm seeing a there's a big gap in having everything on premise now i don't think on premise is bad but there's a big difference in having everything on premise and the policies you have to follow and the tax you're susceptible to and having like a 100% cloud infrastructure now it's not possible for everyone you know given the scope of their business how much they want to spend list goes on but having it everything in the cloud i have not seen very many points of failure as far as security goes cuz if it's if our if microsoft's going down then our stuff's going down but other than that how will our stuff go down you know so that's kind of something i've been seeing for sure it's a good point um uh you you get the shared security model when you go mm -hmm. up up yes. to the cloud right uh be yeah, it yeah. azure or aws um you you get their protection and their their, their documentation right oh yeah get their documentation <laughs> their baa they signed it you <laughs> should uh, you should turn around and ask them uh, ask Microsoft be like hey listen can you I have your documentation on your security and how you yeah. see if they see, see if your rep will give you uh, the internal documentation for it I want to ask um, him to just see what he sends back <laughs> I couldn't so, imagine but no I'm but you know good point though um you you have this uh, um uh, the cloud is a good way to migrate the stuff up. I think I would counter to say getting stuff up in the cloud, the, the main problem with it mm -hmm. is it's too accessible, right? Yeah. yeah and now yeah. from a healthcare standpoint, you're like, okay, but now I got to prevent, uh, you know, some, someone over here that is accessing mm -hmm. it from a, their like house on their cell phone, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and yeah. it could possibly get through it. And, you know, you mentioned some of those, uh, those controls. Yeah being MDM and, and mobile app management as well, um, right? It, it's it's mm. funny, it's called mobile device. At this point, it's like everywhere, right? It's just yeah. it needs to be app management and, and uh, device management, right? Because it's not mm -hmm. really uh, yeah. mobile. Yeah. Everyone can access anything from anywhere. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a that's one definitely that, you know, we've seen as you move to the cloud, people, the work from home incentive becomes, you know, pretty high. There's not as much you can do with that. Uh, obviously, working from home becomes the same as working at work. If everything's in the cloud, it's basically the same. Besides those face-to-face -face interactions you have with people, but you can say, oh, I'll just Teams call, you know, I'll just Teams call in. So I think some of the relationships that you do have at work, you can start to lose those if you move to cloud because you're going to be working. You have the ability to work from anywhere, really, in some in some aspect. Interesting. So, huh, this is a this is an interesting one for me because I don't I'm, I'm not sure we've recovered this, but yeah. Um, so what you're saying is uh, there is a possible culture problem 
mm-hmm. that may arise from a migration, a full migration to the cloud uh, mm-hmm. that allows for folks to work from anywhere uh, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that that may actually cause a cultural shift and, yes, uh, yes. and loss yeah. of, of kind of er- what, earlier what we were talking about, which is making those connections and, the, and that trust and building that trust and then everything. That's a mm-hmm. really good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, that's so, something that we've kind of seen, you know, like just just dealing with that. I mean, like you said, you might you might have a few friends in the office or just people that, you know, talk about random stuff, everything from football to what your kids are doing, yada, yada, yada. And then you're moving. People are moving to home. They're no longer having even two conversations a day. I mean, they're not interacting with people, so it can cause. But some people like that, you know, some people like that sort of cultural aspect mm-hmm. of it being in the hybrid, you know, setting they do, you know, they work better from home. So I think it's balancing it out. There may be people that also don't know what they like and they may want, think they want to go home, but then, you know, they may be caught in this sort of, sort of place that they're not used to, you know, we're in, we're in uncharted territory, so to speak. And a lot of that. It's interesting. Um, do you, uh, um, how much do you value um, that uh, um, those in-person connections versus the versus the remote? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the type of person where I've always like me and the um, part time. We shared office for a while, so we were talking every day, you know. And I think I don't know. It's very you can be very motivated if you have the right people around you. You know, if y'all are working on projects together. And you can kind of just bounce ideas off of each other in that way. I feel like that can really, but it can be good or bad because you're at liberty of who you're around. You know, if you have negativity around you, it's going to influence you to be more negative. But if you have positivity around and you have people that push you, people that say, hey, what are you working on? Hey, let me see that. Hey, this, this and that. You're going to run into, you're going to be able to continue to grow and it'll be almost, you know, not fun, but it'll be, it'll be enjoyable in that sense. I feel like. I think that I, I think you said that correctly. I think, uh, you know, it's a good point because it's a tool regardless, you know, yeah. being in the office and being able to communicate face to face is a tool, but if it's used incorrectly, right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then, you know, it's just as bad. Right. So yeah, exactly. there's a, there's an opportunity there, but it needs to be done the right way. Um, and actually, I think based on that logic, you go the other way around, right? Because I think you mentioned it already. There's some people that thrive in the work from uh, remote work. They just anywhere. put on their headphones, no, you know, right. they're just in zone. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like it. I uh, um, yeah. I don't like working from uh, mm-hmm. from home. I get I like so distracted. I got well, so distracted. I could I not just, do My it. monitors were never as big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Monitors and, were never on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was always something to do. <laughs> but yeah, it, no, it was, uh, I always found it uh, um, much easier to work mm-hmm. uh, um, in the office yeah. and, uh, and form those connections and stuff like that. But the again, communication is big yeah. too. Like you're talking about forming those relationships. I feel like some of that is being not lost, but it's undervalued a little bit now being able to form those relationships and talk to people and sort of have a business work with them as in a business objective, you know, for sure. So I, I, I had, um, uh, um, I sometimes have the chance to speak with, um, uh, uh, college students as they exit college. 
uh, whereas they're basically getting done and, and getting close to exiting college. And they always ask me the question. And so, by the way, they're all getting security degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone is getting a security degree. Uh, you know, it's oh, MIS goes, with yeah. some security. It's on the right? rise. Cybersecurity, yeah. everyone's getting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guarantee you, we're still not going to have enough. Um, yeah, I know. And so um, they always ask me, well, how do you know, I, I want to become a, uh, you know, uh, like a security analyst right out the gate, uh, you know, a security person right out the gate. And I always kind of tell them, I'm like, well, that's getting pretty difficult because you don't have the experience oh. uh, uh, to be able to apply that security knowledge just yet. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you almost got to come out a bit and and work in some other roles, uh, support mm-hmm. roles first before you can kind of get the lay of the land um, mm-hmm. and then know how to really apply that security, uh, um, you know, uh, all those security pieces to IT. Right. You got to learn IT first. Mm-hmm. And um sure. You know, based on your experience on that, um, it, you know, you know, what's it? How, uh, what? Uh, I have oh, math. Yeah, four years yeah, or so. Seven years. Five years. Um, Six yeah. Years? Oh, I graduated in 2017. So actually, I I started um, I started there, and I I was trying to play. You know, everyone's going to play pro sports, so I was yeah. going to play pro sports, but that didn't end up working out. So I you're, started. You're almost seven years. Because yeah, we're coming up on 2024. Right. Oh man, that's crazy. It adds up correctly, right? It adds up a lot, right? So, okay, (laughs) being at seven years now, right? And having that under your belt um, and and, and not being too far removed from college, what do you, (laughs) uh, you know, when when you see folks just coming out of college, right? Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that assessment or do you have a different assessment on how they should come out of college and, and apply their degrees? I think, and we were talking about this at a recent, um, you know, MIS sort of like class, um, you have to, your expectations have to be realistic and you have to gain some knowledge in the industry, like you're saying, because you have to like look and see who you're competing against. Really, when it comes down to it, you have to like, you have to think about what you want, like in three years, what do you, where do you want to be? If you want to be a security analyst, I bet you could do it, but you would have to start getting certifications. You would have to go above and beyond going to your eight to five job every day or having your internship. You know, just because you have an internship doesn't mean you're going to get a security analyst job. I think my first job was like $14 an hour. So (laughs) starting there right out of college, I was like, I'm making $14 an hour. I went to school. Like this is, you know, this is not right. (laughs) Something's wrong, but like you have to start somewhere. And once you do start, you can definitely grow in that. Hey guys, this is Phil Howard, founder of Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I just want to take a few minutes to address something. It has become fairly apparent. I'm sure all of you will agree over the years that slow vendor response, vendor response times, vendors in general, the the average is mediocre. Support is mediocre. Mediocrity is the name of the game. Not only is this a risk to your network security, because I've seen vendors on numerous occasions share sensitive information, but there's also a direct correlation to your budget and your company's bottom line. Not to mention the sales reps that are trying to sell you and your CEO and your CFO on a daily basis. That causes a whole nother realm of problems that we don't have time to address. Our back office program at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, we've put together specifically for IT leadership, 
And it's on a mission to eliminate this mediocrity. And the best part is that we're doing this in a way that will not cost your IT department a dime. So if you'd like us to help you out, get better pricing, better support, and jump on pressing issues in minutes, not days, then contact us now so we can get on a, a call with you and conduct a value discovery session where we find out what you have, why you have it, and where you want to go and how we can improve your your life, your IT department, and your company's bottom line. What you're going to end up with is, number one, just faster support from partners who care about your organization's uptime and bottom line. And because you're going to be able to access our $1.2 billion in combined buying power, you'll be able to benefit uh, significantly from historical data. And on top of that, you'll also benefit from the skills of hundreds of on-demand experts that we have working behind the scenes that are all attached to our back office support program. So if you'd like, again, none of this is ever going to cost you a dime. At the very least, it's going to open your, your eyes to what's possible. Let our back office team provide you the high touch solutions and support that your IT team deserves so that you can stop calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND for support. Now, if you're wondering, what does this apply to? This applies to your ISPs, your telecom providers, all your application providers, whether you're a Microsoft shop or a Google shop, what you might be paying for AWS, even Azure, co-location space, any of those vendors that you're paying a monthly bill to, we can help you with. Hey, it's Greg, the Frenchman secretly managing the podcast behind the curtain. To request your one-on-one call, contact us at internet at popularit.net. And remember, it will never cost you a dime. We're going to go to our, our fun little segment, IT Crystal mm-hmm. Ball, which is the future of IT. But, um, and I was kind of thinking in here, like, I almost want to, I, I'm really interested in, in your kind of vision of this, uh, of this future. And I don't, sometimes mm-hmm. I go, uh, give me the future IT and healthcare, or give me the future IT and yeah. this. And, and, and I actually am going to just open this up and make it incredibly vague for you. Oh, yeah. uh, because <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And the reason why is because you have such an interesting perspective. Um, and I don't need the, uh, by the way, I don't need the, hist- I don't need like the, the, you know, future of soccer. So just, yeah. uh, <laughs> you don't have to go on to that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> we wouldn't have Future much of soccer, they put shields up for everybody in their yeah. head so they don't have to get hit yeah. in the face, right? No, um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no, Sports. but, like, but I want to keep it. I want to keep it vague because I want to hear authentically uh, uh, from somebody who's got an, enough experience that they're in in the thick of it right now, right? Uh, but not so much experience that they, uh, um, you know, that they've uh, you know, kind of been through it too much, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I want to know what you're seeing the future look like. You know, yeah, uh, and, for sure. and I'm going to open up the floor. You can go explain yeah. to the audience right, yeah. where you see uh, it going in the next five years. I'm see. I, I'm going to see. I think there's going to be a discrepancy in um, like computer support jobs. There's going to be a gap. There's going to be a sort of like as far as you know, wage goes, as far as knowledge goes, because coming up in the MIS, when you come out of college, you don't know anything, really. You know, you don't know anything that's going to applicably re- 
you know, be a part of a healthcare company or an accounting company or wherever you go. So you're going to have to, you're, you're going to have jobs that are comfortable, you know, because the systems are being more advanced. You know, you're, you're going to have jobs that are more comfortable, but you're also going to have jobs that are really in debt in certain things, if that makes sense. So you, you're going to have to jump per se to the higher tier jobs in ways such as, you know, like you said, relationships. I think relationships is going to be big. As you go to hybrid, there's going to, the lack of relationships is going to cause people to not be as pushed as they could be for sure. So that's just kind of some of the stuff, you know, and that's just, that's just what I think, you know, I never know what's going to happen, but just seeing some of those, the dynamic has changed ever since COVID, you know, COVID was a big, okay, people see that we can work from home and actually our jobs are exact, exactly the same, but what are the long-term effects of that, you know? The short-term effects are nothing's changed, but like the long-term effects are people are not going to push themselves as much when they're at home. Can I ask you a question? Like, yeah. Do you do you think that um, being in the office gives you an advantage over not being in the office when it comes to leadership? When it comes to leadership, I would say it gives you an advantage, yes. I would say because people really want to see your face and they want to see, you know, they want to see you. I think it, but also I think it, it really comes down to trust. I think you can build the trust better when you're in the office, you know, around people. I think you can, there's not going to be as much miscommunication because when you're emailing or if you're on voice calls, you can sometimes take something the wrong way and then you can kind of think about it a lot, you know, think about it. So I feel like from that perspective, it, it's not going to be, in a, and it's just in an IT role, especially because like you said, you have to communicate with the other departments and the people around you. That's going to be a lot easier, in my opinion, if, if you were at the office. So there is a, so there is a, a difference there. So you, mm -hmm. so, you know, being in the office might give you that advantage of mm -hmm. if you want to progress and mm -hmm. move through, uh, uh, yeah. you know, move into leadership uh, and and progress your growth a bit. That might be a defining factor and it may not be fair, yeah. right? But it may be the reality based on, I guess what you're saying, which is the uh, the trust factor, you know, yeah. and your ability to create relationships. Yeah, more of the developing leader type. Like I still have so much to learn. I feel like I could learn those types of things a lot easier, you know, sitting in office with the mentor or talking to him every day versus now, if you get up there, you know, if you get to the higher ups, I don't really think there'd be an advantage of being here or not. They're going to make the big decisions based on the metrics a lot of the times, you know, so it kind of fades out. But I say like for developing purposes, I think it could be beneficial for sure. So what is, what is, so what is the, uh, um, you know, leadership going to look like mm -hmm. in the future, five years from now, IT yeah. leadership, what's it, what's it going to look like? I think the IT leadership is going to be, you know, it's going to take a, it's, it's not going to take a back seat, but it's going to be more so what the job is going to be what you make it. So it's going to be like, if I wanted to be a leader here, would I manage and coordinate with the people below me or would I go above and beyond and find 
things that are going to improve our systems. Basically, I think before it's been like, we need computers, we need them to turn on, we need to get on this application. Well, now it's how can we use technology to improve our business processes? Like that's a whole other ballgame for sure. So you're entering into a, um, a, a whole nother world at that point, right? Yeah, uh, which now sure. you talk about, you know, a little bit of the technology enablement here. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, all the fun little things that are happening now start to start to creep in, right? Because right now we're on the the cusp of, you know, starting to kind of explore uh, a lot of these new technologies and 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 where they're going to be taking us um, and how they're going to be making our jobs a little bit more challenging as well. Um, so five years from now, we're the, you know, uh, and I'm sure there'll be new tools, right? But, yeah. um, but five years from now, uh, we can probably expect that those tools are going to be more more implemented uh more mm -hmm. integrated into what we got going on i would say they would i would say really you can see it's going to be more so managing those systems um than than basically working the systems if that makes sense instead of working an excel sheet it's going to be someone saying hey how can i format my script or how can i you know work this into a way that's going to improve the process that makes sense yeah it does and so um so those skills of being able to understand like logic and uh being able to uh work through you know concepts and stuff like that you know they always take whenever they have to have a whole bunch of folks uh program right they always find a way to put a put a you know uh, um, a gui in front of it to make it easier mm -hmm. to to program but the logic is still there like you still have yeah. to understand the logic piece right yeah so um it sounds like what you're talking to me about is um you know you're gonna have to have a whole bunch of folks that understand logically how these systems are supposed to work and interconnect right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think now you know it's a lot like it's almost a requirement to know how to work a computer in the mm -hmm. in the fact of basic functionality i mean I would say there's a, such a high amount of people that are sitting at a desk in front of a computer, whether they're working Outlook, Excel, you know, compliance. If you know, if you learn how to work those systems really well, you could have your job be a piece of cake, really. You know, instead of filtering through 100 emails, what if you have all these folders for these emails and you're only seeing the important ones? And those those important ones are flowing through a Microsoft flow. Like you're just getting into a you get into a lot of productivity increase that you could have. I, I think I think you're right, and I actually think that that analogy that you're using applied to business makes complete sense too, right? Essentially, mm -hmm. you know, why sit there and do, uh, uh, you know, sit there and sift through all the stuff manually and stuff like that when when you can set up rules and only show me the things that I really need to see. So future really is um, trying to get that information. And this kind of mirrors something I had on another podcast as well, which was talking about the future being not about collecting the data and having it there. Uh, and it's really about now trying to do stuff with that data. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's going from like a data store to like a flow. It's, yeah. it's like a flow of data more so like it's just it's always dynamic always changing reports are being built off you know micro power bi it's basically a live report you know what i mean it's going from a chart to something that's live and changing all the time 
And if you could only do that with documentation, then yeah, you're like so much easier, right? <laughs> I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. Like, oh, <laughs> well, remember what he told me. <laughs> I think about Microsoft and just know I can never get there. <laughs> <laughs> nerds, uh, I'm Michael Moore. I was hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. And I've been here with Christian OKK, IT Manager at Healing Hands Healthcare. Uh, Christian, so good to have you on, and what a great perspective uh, you've you've brought today. And I really appreciate you coming on and and, and sharing everything. Oh yes, thank you so much for the inside advice and uh, just talk for sure. Thank you so much. Have a good one. <laughs>